1: This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation.
3: Hello, Rational Fear. It's Daniel Litch here wishing you a Merry Christmas. Uh, this is not the usual Irrational Fear. We haven't done a week's news and review. No, no. it's too- <laughs> In fact, we're recording this a week before Christmas because, let's face it, who's got time to do work? the day before christmas no one well santa claus does of course and joining us now is santa claus himself <laughs> hello
4: Christmas. <laughs> I'll be working very busy the day before Christmas, of course, Daniel. <laughs> what will you be doing, Santa? Oh, I shall be sitting in my booth recording Christmas stories.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is, called, of course, the voice of Rupert Dagas, who does all the voices of all the sketches on Irrational Fear. Hello, hello. Uh, Rupert, thank you so much for an incredible year of uh, incredible voices.
5: It's been terrific fun, i got to say. it's It's been awesome.
3: And I thought what we'd do is just go through some of our favourite sketches from the year, probably maybe even all of them, and... And, yeah, uh, <laughs> and play some of them, and maybe you can tell us how you kind of came about to create these voices, and how okay. you do your 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 black magic. All right, that
5: sounds sounds
3: fun. (laughs) Rupert and I have both got beers in hand. We're sitting in my living room. It's the week before Christmas. Ah. It certainly has an end of school vibe about it, doesn't it? It's
5: definitely the life.
3: (laughs) All right, here we go. First up, let's go way back in March. This was when Harry and Meghan (gasps) left the royal family. They left the business to start their own business. I'm going to play the sketch and we'll talk about it straight after.
4: Um, Greetings, former subjects. Uh, Harry here, formerly known as Prince. Now, of course, Harry Mountbatten-Windsor. Gosh, it's a mouthful. I don't know how the normies do it. Um, anyway, I'm a former distant heir to the throne of the British Kingdom, now full time ruler of the at Sussex Royal Instagram account, and it's my pleasure to offer my family services to you. My wife and I are very good at the following our silver level service includes hours of inane chit chat, cutting ribbons, looking at things, pointing at things. Or for a more premium service, try our gold level package that's looking at things and pointing at things whilst doing inane chit chat and cutting a ribbon. Uh, at this level we can even kiss your baby or for a little extra you can kiss ours if you like but please please don't ask me if i can dress up like a nazi that's platinum level and you probably can't afford that well maybe you can either way let us know your budget uh, we're available for hire all year round uh, all around the world uh, so slide into our
5: dms today terms and conditions apply baby kissing only available in coronavirus free countries nazi uniform will be self-supplied and will be burned at the
3: <laughs> I don't know what happened at the end of that one, but no, there you go. No, no, that's
4: that's excellent. No, I, I, who I did that sort of thing at the end, the, the disclaimer bit, that was really good. It
3: was <laughs> so, ha- is Harry something you've fostered over years? Well, no, it's
4: been one of those. I, I, was kind of asked to do him about about two years ago for a for a thing, and I had to look at all these videos, and I realised that he's got this husky kind of voice.
5: Uh, William's a lot harder to do. Really, Can't, I had to do William and Harry for a for a sketch. A couple of years ago, and William just doesn't have a. Th-
3: but you know, Harry's definitely got that that sort of thing going. Harry's got a thing where he's he's seen some life. He's been to Afghanistan. He's oh, been yeah. to some parties.
5: I think he's had a bit more from Afghanistan than that as well. <laughs> but um, no, he's, uh, he's he's it's great fun to do. And and I, hearing that back now after when was that? That was March. Oh, stop it! Yeah, um, I mean, it's just this year has like so much has happened but yet so little has happened it's been the weirdest year it's Uh, kind of been it's gone by so fast obviously
3: COVID coronavirus is a big part of that Uh, yes I think let's cast our minds back to March when everyone was confused as to what was do what was going on (laughs) how the government was managing it how we were all meant to work uh, and thankfully some regulations came down and but when the government first was communicating regulations it was so confusing no one knew what was going on
5: totally and it's, it's like that still in a lot of other countries i mean we're now in wet december and in the uk they're saying you can't go into anybody's households can't mix except on christmas day you can do that <laughs> oh right okay really good
3: well i love this sketch this is you doing a parody of john cleese doing a parody of a principal school teacher from the life of brian was it um meaning of life meaning yes, of life yes, yes.
6: fear. all right settle down settle
5: down Right, now, before I begin the list of new measures announced by the Prime Minister this morning, all well, those of you who are playing in the match this afternoon, and only if you're an essential member of the team, move your clothes down onto the lower peg immediately after lunch, which will be takeaway only, before you write your letter home with a sanitised pen, if you're not getting your hair cut for a maximum of 30 minutes but no yoga, unless you've got a younger brother who's going out this weekend to a funeral with a maximum of 10 people but not a wedding, where only five people are allowed as the guest of another boy in which case collect his note before lunch put it in your letter after you've had your haircut so no time for a wax which is forbidden anyway unless it's essential and make sure he moves your clothes down onto the lower peg for you now sir yes Wymer
7: my younger brother's going out with Dibble this weekend sir but I'm
5: not having my haircut today sir so do I move my clothes down or I do wish you listen Wymer it's perfectly simple if you're not getting your haircut you don't have to move your brother's clothes down to the lower peg you simply collect his note before before lunch, after you've done your scripture prep, when you've written your letter home before rest, move your own clothes onto the lower peg, greet the visitors, keep a distance of 1.5 meters, and report to Mr. Viney that you've had your chit signed. And then wash your hands for 20 seconds while singing Happy Birthday twice.
3: Got it? Now, where were we?
5: <laughs> fair.
3: That was great. Well, I God, that, yes, those
5: rules were crazy, and I, I think um, John Cleese is someone I've been doing for years and years mm. and it's and doing that bit from Meaning of Life and kind of readapting it was really good fun.
3: <laughs> so around coronavirus uh we were, you know the, the very start we were wondering what the hell we were going to do because yeah. uh, when it hit all or fo- uh, sport was cancelled. There was no football. That's no right. AFL, no NRL, and they were trying to work out how they were going to do it. And then they kind of tried to put this plan together, which got me thinking: like, what the hell is Fox Sports going to do?
5: Well, exactly. Can't <laughs> watch reruns of everything, can and I? And
3: I remember seeing you this script uh, that we're about to play now for uh, for Fox Sports <sighs> doing Fox board games. That's- and you said, "Well, I'm actually the voiceover guy for Fox, Fox Sports, Sports. promos."
5: Yes. On Fox Sports, the new rugby starts. And we thought, yes, let's... um...
3: (laughs) I had no idea. Well, let's have a listen to see just how precise this Fox Sports Bravo is.
5: Stadium's empty. Footy fields in Fallow. EPO on ice. With COVID-19, Fox Sports is changing its remit and its name. Of Fox Board Games.
8: She's rolled a four. That means she's got a ladder to
5: top level. A Cinderella moment for mum. Twenty-four hours a day of coverage from the sideboards. Looks like Dad has landed on chance again. The third time this game for Dad. He's had a lucky run. So managed to pick up the money stuffed under free parking last time round. Managed to get past the green hotels and the blue hotels. But will his luck run out on this one? Spent his knuckles and he's going to pick up directly to jail, sir. That's where you're going. It's a sad day for Dad, but. The
8: rest of the family is stuck.
5: 24 hours a day of all the action off the board.
4: Today's trade negotiations must be very disappointing for you.
2: Uh, Yeah, Jennifer was the uh, best settler of Catan player we had. Uh, It's sad to lose out of the in-laws, but families like ours uh, just can't compete. Uh, Her uncle is a chef that makes all the difference when picking a family to isolate with.
4: 24
5: hours a day of all the drama.
4: The statement for the Samanovich family read, It's with regret that Timmy will face the judiciary over allegations of being high on sherbet and giving him an
5: unbeatable edge during Hungry Hungry Hippos. The game has changed forever.
8: And he's down at six pieces of cake. This pursuit is anything but trivial.
3: Fox Board Games.
5: Stream now or on demand.
3: So how accurate is that compared to a real Fox Sports Pro? Well,
5: it's not often one gets to do all of the grabs, you know, the SOTs <laughs> as well, because normally they're. So the fact that I did all the voices on that is just hearing that back was just, oh my god, that's that's really good fun. Because um, I do ESPN as well. I'm a bit of a. And oh, in the you, UK, do, you do
3: ESPN as well and
5: TalkSport in the UK. Oh, so I don't kind they of,
3: don't they know? Don't you have a non complete non complete? ESPN course? in
5: America, Fox Sports here, TalkSport oh, in the UK. Yeah. So it's all kind of like um, those sporty voices. It's all very sporty. Everything. Got to be sport, um, but there's the cricket read and the football read yeah. and the the golf read and the motorsports read, and they're all slightly different. And then having to do all those. Players and, and you know, the dad playing
3: katana, whatever. Was,
5: yeah, classic. Oh, that was that brings back good memories. And it was only like what eight years ago we did that, no. April. April. Wow,
3: uh, well, around this time it was the primaries and uh, the primaries for the American election. Do you remember the American election? Oh, <laughs> that
5: thing, the American so election. The
3: primaries were happening uh, at the beginning of this year. That's where, when they had good candidates, wasn't it? During the primaries, that's, abso- that's absolutely correct. Yeah, one of those good candidates was uh, a person I met when I was working at Al Jazeera, Bernie you Sanders. Met him? Yeah, and I really regret never getting. Getting a photo with Bernie Sanders, oh, um, but uh, he was one of the most impressive dudes I ever met. Back then, he was just Senator Bernie Sanders. No one really knew who he was, and he was still an angry, uh, short, old man. It was fantastic to meet him. Wow. Uh, and uh, I, I think we had a special interview with Bernie Sanders that, um, that you were very good at. Here we go. Joining us now from his Vermont headquarters is Democratic presidential candidate, Senator Bernie Sanders. Senator Sanders, have this week's results at all diminished your enthusiasm at all for this presidential race? You
8: know what? My enthusiasm has not diminished at all. There is still work to be done. I'm, I'm just excited. I still have a job with, with medical benefits that will see me through this coronavirus outbreak.
3: Well, Senator, good luck out there, and I hope you don't get infected.
8: Well, you know what? I cannot possibly get, get infected, Dan, because I have the vaccine. Oh, I didn't know there was a vaccine. Well, of course there's a vaccine. You make a virus, you make a vaccine.
3: Hang on. Uh, Senator, are you saying that you invented coronavirus?
8: Look, let me be clear. Let me be very clear, this is plan B, B for Bernie. I didn't want to enact it, but the mainstream media, MSNBC, CNN, the DNC, they made me do it. Coronavirus will be the biggest wealth redistribution policy of the last hundred years. You see, it disproportionately affects the older generation. 99% of the 1% are 100% old as fuck. You understand? Excuse my language, it's simple. The boomers will get sick and their money will trickle down to the younger generations, to the working people. All of the countries in Europe are doing it. It's very big in Italy, in Iran, and China.
3: Uh, Those last countries aren't actually in Europe,
8: Bernie. Neither is the United States of America. Let's not forget that. Now, this is a message to the DNC and the superdelegates out there. You're all listening. You want to live? Let democracy take hold. The person who gets the most votes should win. A vote for Bernie is a vote for a universal vaccine. I'm Bernie Sanders. And I approve this message.
3: Well, Bernie, uh, I think for all our sakes, I I I hope you are the Democratic nominee.
8: Thank you very much, Dan. I appreciate the call. Thank you, Bernie.
5: <laughs> wow, how prescient of you, Dan. That was.
3: <laughs> of course, Bernie is nothing like that. Uh, he's very science-driven. You predicted the future. That's what you did. <laughs> how how hard yeah. is it to get to Bernie Sanders? Well, Bernie is. I
4: mean, obviously, you have to sound like you know you're from Brooklyn first. You got to do. And he says, you know what? A lot. He
5: says, you know what? Every interview says, you know what? Abundantly clear. Abundantly clear. It's like I was watching this Reagan documentary on Stan recently, and he answers every question with Will, Will. Every answer is Will. And they have their ticks. And yeah. that's how you get an impression. We've all got crutches.
3: Tics. We've all got crutches. One of my crutches is doing Alan Jones, uh, Rupert. Uh, and here is yeah. Alan Jones retiring from radio. Do you remember oh. when we thought we'd never hear from him again? Oh, it was a joyous day, wasn't it? <laughs> it turns out he wasn't retiring from public life. He was just retiring from one medium. Here it is.
6: After a 30-year-long career of being a professional bully, I'm retiring on top as Australia's number one insider of race riots. But let me tell you something. There's no way I'm off to the back bench like Kevin Rudd. Uh, no. I'm launching my brand-new podcast, available weekly on cassette and CD. Each week, hear my insights into coronavirus. Ah, totally fake if you ask me, if you can't see it, it doesn't exist, just like Anthony Albanese. Ah. <laughs> also, you'll be able to listen to my analysis on carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Totally fake if you ask me, if you can't see it, it doesn't exist, just like Anthony Albanese. Ah. <laughs> Still got it. Oh, and a new segment called Which Which: the most up-to-date ranking of the worst women in authority. Have your chaff bags ready, this week is a doozy. And we'll have all the latest music from me, Alan Jones. Love, love changes everything. Hands and faces, earth and sky. Oh, what a voice. And special guests will be popping by the podcasts like John Michael Housen. Uh, good morning, Alan. Oh, hello, John Michael Hollywoodhausen. Ah, ha, hee, ah. And catch up on all the latest real news that my butler has printed off for me from Facebook. Plus, I'll read out loud any text message I receive, no matter how bigoted. So, subscribe to the Alan Jones podcast. Just send a self stabbed address envelope each week to me in my Southern Highland studio far away from the coronavirus that doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm Alan Jones.
5: Oh. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> it's funny because du- during the during the um, election, you know, and you've got your YouTube and you're watching everything on YouTube and everything, and, yeah. and it keeps something, it always keeps going to, to Sky News Australia, and I'm just, and I go, oh no, off, off, yeah. off. But every now and then you go, well, I'll just watch a bit because you want to kind of see what they're saying. And I'll put my neck out here. They're worse than Fox News. <laughs> they are, they yeah. are. And we don't even give a toss about, really, about the US election, but yet the guys on Sky News are the most hideous shock jogs. I mean, they're awful. Sorry if there's any fans of Sky News out there. I doubt there,
6: <laughs> there are. There
3: aren't any on this podcast listening to this hideous. podcast. They are hideous. It's really interesting. Uh, I think uh, Miranda Devine was got, called, She's got, hideous. She got called in to Fox News to kind of boost, uh, kind of fo- give Fox News a boost from the New York Post. Mm. Uh, and when she goes on Fox News, even the Fox News presenters are like, are you serious? Like,
5: oh. <laughs> Like, well, you know, let's get a, more Chris Wallace's over here, you know.
0: <laughs> Please.
3: Can we get, yeah, uh, who's our Chris Wallace? Uh, Chris Yuleman, maybe? Yeah. Uh, who knows? The next sketch from Bad Play Rupert mm. is one of my favourite sketches from the year because it kind of summarises ScoMo's governing abilities in one sketch. Oh, uh, this is the announcement about announcements. Oh, yes. Yeah, and this is absolutely my favourite sketch of the year so far.
5: Stand by for an announcement about announcements from the Commonwealth of Australia. The federal government has secured a COVID-19 vaccine for all Australians, is what we hope you picked up from the news this week. We haven't yet, but we announced it. How good would that be? Just like the $2 billion national bushfire recovery fund that only existed in your brain the moment we announced it. Now that's science and not to mention getting the arts industry back on their feet with a coronavirus stimulus package that we haven't delivered. That was a really good announcement. We did it ages ago. Guy Sebastian was there, and he looked sad. The federal government announcing things because doing things is the state's responsibility. Spoken by Rupert Degas. My soul is being crushed because I have to read these ads to stay alive regardless of my own political opinion.
0: And that, yes,
5: the, the sign off there, twas ever thus.
3: Now, um, how, how many of those government ads have you voiced?
5: I did a few for COVID, um, uh, for um, like health things about whatever it was mm. and, and they, I, did, I didn't have to say you know spoken by Rubberdings yeah, but I yeah. have had to do those in the past um, but yeah I've done a f- I've done a few for sort of education and universities and stuff but I've never done a party political ad I refuse to do that oh really they've actually the Liberal Party um, once called my agent and said oh we want have you got any voices to do this political act? Mm. They weren't asking for me in particular. Yeah, And they made a few calls and came back to them and went, none of our artists want to do it. And they said, <laughs> we'll pay triple the rate. They said, none of our artists want to right. do it. <laughs> well, next
3: time you get that call, just send them our way. Uh, exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, this next sketch um, is actually not voiced by you. It's actually voiced by the great Robbie McGregor. The wonderful Robbie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was a spinky of a scare tactic political campaign.
9: Here it is. Immigration Minister Alan Tudge has access to a mobile phone which has access to the internet. Which means, if Alan touches sweaty little ministerial fingers, fondles the screen with just the right combination of swipes and taps, he can access the most sordid things on the internet, including explicit UN reports of human rights abuses by Australia towards migrants and hardcore findings of malpractice for arbitrarily holding detainees by the Australian Human Rights Commission. And you can like a pawn tweet from BBW Come Punch of 69 and claim he was hacked, then have AFP investigated, and no one ever talk about it again, just like Greg Hunt did in twenty seventeen. Parliamentarians can't be trusted with phones that connect to the internet. Authorised by parliamentarians shouldn't be left to their own devices, Canberra. (laughs) Wow.
3: (laughs) Great thing about that sketch. That sketch went viral in Canberra circles. And I understand people like Jackie Lambie saw it and voted against that particular legislation.
5: That's fantastic. So that's pretty good. That's really, really good. sketch that actually... And voiced by the legend that is... Robbie Robbie McGregor. McGregor. I mean, you could have Robbie read your entire life to you in
4: real time.
3: I I used to do... I used to do a sketch on stage back in two thousand six. We had a show at the at the at the Roxbury Theatre in Glebe called Commicide mm. uh, where I would get up each week and pretend to be Robbie McGregor. Oh, wow. I would say, normal would sound rude when said by the SBS voiceover guy, <laughs> spatula, <laughs> spatula. Brilliant. And I called up RMK one day and said, oh, could you connect me to Robbie? I yeah. want to see if he would come to the show and interrupt. And like, I connected him and said, I pitched him this idea. I said, Robbie, I kind of do this sketch where I take the piss out of you on stage. And I said, would you like to come to the show? And when I start doing it, stand up and say, hey, that's me. And he said, fuck, yeah, that sounds like fucking fun. <laughs> and he came and did it and we had a Robbie McGregor off. We tried to, you oh, know, I brilliant. tried to be Robbie, he tried to be out Robbie Robbie. Oh. <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. Yeah. And that's how we became friends. Oh, great. He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> Here's another one of my favourite sketches. Uh, it's, incidentally, it's my work. Uh, <laughs> Wonderful. I don't know about you. Do you, I hate the phrase quiet Australians? A quiet Australian. That is well,
5: there aren't any quiet Americans, there? There, was, <laughs> there was a movie called The Quiet American, wasn't there? But a quiet Australian I've never heard the phrase quiet Australians.
3: Oh, it's it's used a lot by the political. It's like, you know, SCOMO uses it. You know, they use, they use it to identify a group of Australians who aren't activists. Oh, it's just like the silent majority? Uh, the silent majority. Oh, I the see. silent majority and the quiet Australians and, get together and have barbecues. And a bright. Yeah. Uh, very no, quiet barbecues. Very quiet barbecues, yeah.
5: and yes, and yeah. always go and vote for something you don't think the rest of the country is going to have
3: Yes, they always vote for military intervention, yes. uh, fossil fuels. So are these are these people
5: that, <laughs> that skew the polls, is that the idea? It,
3: that, that's the idea that this is the, yeah, I guess this is the majority of people who don't actually make a fuss and they just get on with their lives and being reamed by the government. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, so this is The Quiet Australians. Uh, I like it uh, mainly because it's my work. Great. uh, But I think it's good.
0: (laughs) A message from The Quiet Australians. Hi, I'm John Citizen of The Quiet Australians. You may have heard of us or maybe not. We're very quiet. For too long we've almost been silenced but no longer. It's time for us to speak up. Figuratively speaking, what do we believe? Well, we believe whatever it's politically convenient to believe in. This includes economic growth at all costs, dispatchable coal power, franking credit credits, quarterly tax cuts, trickle-down economics, fracking, land clearing, and keeping refugees locked up indefinitely, like Jesus would have done. Also, if you can't afford to see a doctor, you should die. Public education should be privatised, so should the army. And we believe that politicians are undervalued and underpaid. Why are we so quiet, you ask? Because no one would want to be heard advocating for shit like this. The quiet Australians aren't alone. We've got the backing of the silent majority. Isn't that right, Therese Jenkins, president of the silent majority?
5: Brilliant, really brilliant.
3: (laughs) I think the music does a lot of the heavy lifting there, but it still still makes me laugh. It's
5: it's terrific. It it sums it up so perfectly. I mean, that's that's satire as it it should be. You know, that that is political satire in a nutshell. It's just we, let's not be like America. But it's the same in every country, isn't it? It's just the same everywhere. You go, you go out in the streets, you're with your friends, we all live in our bubbles and our echo chambers and we go, how could anybody possibly think fracking's a good idea? <laughs> or how could anybody possibly think that, you know, keeping people on Manus is a good idea? And yet they keep getting elected,
3: they keep getting elected on these policies and you go, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very strange. And a lot of that heavy lifting has to do with folks on the, in the conservative side of lobbying, like the IPA, who yeah. kind of do all this kind of dot point kind of communications and they kind of uh, infiltrate politics and argue Mm. for the heinous policies to to make Mm. sure that big business keeps going. Mm. Um, And this is a video that we parody of the IPA. I don't know if you remember uh, Gideon Rosner of the IPA Put out a video at the very start of the first COVID wave. Yes, It was a video saying that we basically need to end the lockdown because yes. <laughs> because because COVID was ridiculous. COVID was pretty much inconsequential, uh, and if we ended the lockdown, we could just keep on making money, and everyone could get sick, and we wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. And can you believe that they released that video on April Fool's Day?
5: <laughs> oh dear.
3: <laughs> so I asked you if you could do a Gideon Rosner impression. What was when I emailed you that request? What did you? You think when you had My to-
5: first thought was, who the hell is Gideon Rosner? <laughs> Uh, and what the hell is the IPA? Um, I thought it was a, a beer, um, so I googled it. Obviously, like you know, I'm a new Australian. I've, I've only been here eight years, and and so you know, I'm I'm ca- playing catch up. So I googled this guy, and I googled the IPA, and I'm sort you know, all the pennies started dropping, and the light bulbs started going off, and then and then you sent me the sketch, and um, there was a video uh, of Gideon doing it. So I had the video, and I watched it, and had his voice in my cans, and I tried to lip sync as close as i could because i knew you're going to be releasing it also as a video which we can't do now because it's going to be the audio only but i tried to kind of match his his general tone of of that kid at school who it was in the sixth form who was a bit of a cop.
7: the coronavirus outbreak is a serious public health issue and we were right to take action early on to contain the spread the time to end the lockdown is now The fossil fuel industry is losing billions of dollars because Australians have stopped making unnecessary trips to Bali. And worst of all, you can get arrested for doing a mani. Australia must get back to work, otherwise my funders will be very cross and call me a naughty boy. If the lockdown continues, it could mean the end of the IPA, as our fossil fuel lobby money will evaporate faster than energy companies' profits move to an offshore tax haven. Worst of all, it could mean fossil fuel industries become stranded assets and be forced to nationalise and be converted into renewable energy providers. That's disgusting. It's time for state and national governments to end the lockdown and forcibly kill people on behalf of the fossil fuel industry like they used to do. Alternatively, pass legislation to use unleaded petroleum as hand sanitizer or as a magic elixir that will cure everything from thirst to communism. Not in six months, not in one month, now. Australians weren't meant to live like this. They were meant to live coughing and wheezing in their own vehicles on the way to their final resting place, the corridor of a hospital car park. It's time to end this lockdown. Now, you're too close. Step away or I'll spray you with this can of unleaded hand sanitizer.
3: Well, that was one of my favourite sketches from April. Here's another one. I know I'm saying... This is one of my favourite sketches, but a lot. But that's because so many this year have been real crackers and this is definitely probably easily in my top five. Okay. Uh, This is when we were talking about how ScoMo was thinking about cutting JobKeeper and we kind of made a Harvey Norman parody. Oh, yes.
5: (laughs) It's the largest recession in history and the PM's gone parliamental. Coronavirus stimulus is set to be slashed. Job keeper was 1500 a fortnight now 1200 a fortnight. Job seeker was 550 a fortnight now just 250 a fortnight. Economic stimulus reduced by 30, 40 and 50%. Off. The unemployed have never been more motivated to get a job that doesn't
6: exist. But wait, there's more. During the largest ever climate emergency, the PM is giving billions to the fossil fuel industry for gas plants, pipelines and fracking. Instead of ending emissions, he's making more of them. Every day is opposite day. Taking the money for the poor and giving it to the rich. You've got to have a go
5: to get a go before it's all gone, gone, gone. Terms and conditions apply. For donations of $6 million or more to the Liberal Party, see the PDS for details. (laughs)
3: Yes. Do you feel dirty? Oh, filthy.
5: <laughs> no, it's just a reminder. It reminds me of so many, you know, those ads on radio and TV that just shout at you. And yeah. it just seemed like that their policies on everything. It, it, that's exactly what it was. It was like a bargain basement sale of, of you know, government um, programs. And, yeah. Uh,
3: I should point out here that Jacob Brown, who mixes most of the sketches on this show, uh, does an incredible job of absolutely. pulling together uh, our voices with sound effects and music. Big shout out to Jacob. O- in you know an hour or two hours time to turn around a sketch like that, so we can play it out.
5: It is very quick, isn't it? I mean, yeah. from the time that you sort of send me the script to to when it goes when it's mixed, fully recorded and edited and mixed, is very quick.
3: Yeah, we know. You know, thurs- yeah. Thursdays are a busy day yeah. like, in, in the Illich household. Yeah. <laughs> if there were forty people doing it, it would take a week. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the great thing about
5: what we do is there is this ability to get things out, get them out quickly, write them, produce them up and get them out and not have to go through all these layers of approval. It's uh,
3: the free internet. Yeah. Keep it it free. Exactly. And if I'm going to be sued, it's just going to be me, which is great, you know, it's fine. So this next sketch, this idea of writing a sketch, when America was kind of at its lowest point, probably two months ago, I would say it was the week before the election, and it seemed like America was at, at the brink of pretty much everything—electorally, mm. politically, socially, economically, health-wise. It was not a not a happy sight. Like there are slight slithers of hope now mm. that Trump is going to be going mm. away, and the vaccines are rolling out, and Biden's moving in with a with a team already assembled. But back then it seemed like, wow, America was at its lowest point. Mm. Did you have those feelings?
5: Oh, totally. And, and not a lowest point from anything terribly high. It had been, the point had been dwindling out for the last few years and it, it was quite interesting to, to see how low
3: it could actually go and it got like sub-low. Dark. So I had this idea of a sketch where you could adopt an American or sponsor an American yes. like, a, like a World Vision style ad. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that would be funny. And I thought, who could do it? I thought Russell Russell might do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I I DM'd Russell the script. This is before you saw the script. Yes. And I said, Russell, long shot, putting a rational fear together tonight. Fancy doing a celebrity voice for us, can knock it out on the memo function of your phone uh, or your music setup. Need it in about an hour. <laughs> he was. I was asking Russell Crowe to do a voiceover within an hour yeah. for my podcast, and he said, "Huh, quite funny. Sorry, man, I'm running around a bit today. Dinner party this evening in the big smoke. Not near the studio at the mo- at the moment." I said, "No worries. I'll have to find someone that sounds close enough." Hope you're well. He said, "All cheap imitations."
5: <laughs> uh, brilliant.
3: He said, plus, it's actually the other way around. When he's talking about sponsoring Americans, Um, he said, my taxes keep this country going.
5: (laughs) Oh, good on him. Good on Rusty.
3: Genuinely funny. Here is you being Russell Crowe.
10: Uh-oh. G'day. I'm Russell Crowe. In Australia, we're lucky. We live in a peaceful democracy with universal healthcare and BPAY, but others around the world aren't so fortunate. They live each day with no access to doctors, education and are forced to drink filter coffee. Their cities are mired in civil unrest. Their people are threatened by local militia with poor fashion sense. And to make matters worse, they don't have sweet chili sauce. They are Americans. But for just a dollar a day, you can sponsor an American. At Globe Visions Adopt an American Program, we'll pair you up with an American in need. And we'll build cafes in their neighbourhood that serve non-processed food and flat whites. We'll send a doctor that will bulk bill and distribute pharmaceuticals that they won't have to sell their house to receive. And each month you'll get a photo of your American and they'll send you a ballot for a vote that they wanted to cast but couldn't because they had an outstanding parking ticket or moved house on Thursday or some other obscure bullshit. So give an American some hope and a decent chance at a good espresso, it works. I've been part of the Australian Adopt-a-Kiwi program, and look at me. I'm Russell (laughs) Crowe.
5: It's great listening to that back because it's hearing all these sketches one after the other, it it kind of reminds us of why we do these sketches Mm. is because we want to hold the government and the Australian government to account we want to hold their feet to the fire. But then you listen to that sketch and actually it makes you think, we're so bloody lucky in this country totally. at how much good stuff we have yeah. compared to America. And then you think about the schedule you've heard before and we're going, okay, yeah, we, we're not perfect. We've got a lot to do and a yeah. lot to learn. But when it comes to the fundamentals, we do have a pretty good healthcare system, and, yeah. you know. Yeah, we frack and we do all this, you know. But America, I mean, it's we're so lucky here.
3: Uh, absolutely. I feel the same way and I feel – you know, so lucky to be in Australia right now because in my alternate life, I could be in America. And when I was living there, I would say 25% of the conversations I had at work were about healthcare. It was like with my colleagues, it was just like incredible, it's incredible emotional toll the way that system is set up in America uh, about having to need a job to having to have healthcare, just so uh, tedious Mm. and boring. And it, it's so much brain space wasted on, wasted on invisible pressure. Absolutely. It's awful. Um, speaking of an Australian who now lives in America, this is uh, Rupert Murdoch.
5: Hello there. It's Lord and Saviour Rupert Murdoch here. Um, now, I'm pleased to announce that now that News Corp has finally gone round to allowing the federal government to put in fibre to the home, so that's wonderful. It's super-fast internet, it's over fibre-optic cable, so it's it's so futuristic, you'll think you're living in the year 2000. I know what you're thinking. Why didn't you do this earlier, Rupert? Well, you couldn't watch sports streaming on demand, but you can now with Kayo, you see, which I own. You couldn't watch Foxtel streaming on demand, but you can now with Binge, which which I own. You couldn't watch Parliament streaming on demand either, and I own that too. I have for a long time, but no-one watches it, so it doesn't matter. Uh, so, look, you're bloody welcome, all right? And if you want to watch the 2021 United States Civil War, live and uncut and unedited by me, Fox News has the streaming rights to that too, which I own. So bugger off and get some subscriptions. Thank you very much. Go Trump. <laughs> There's your problem, (laughs) Batman.
3: Well, it's interesting. That was a story from September when it uh, came out that NBN suggested the government they complete the NBN by going fiber to the home. And it also coincided with Foxtel downgrading their Foxtel. Um, as stock mm. as kind of underwriting a whole bunch of losses and launching a whole bunch of streaming services. services. Isn't that surprising that oh. you know, all these News Corp streaming services have come online, all of a sudden we need fibre to the home? Mm. I, I've been, we've all been living with Murdoch's, you know, propaganda
5: for years. You know, I'm from the UK originally and, you know, the the way the power he had with uh, prime ministers and politicians there and, and here and in America and, You know, I'm I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, but, you know, Rupert, But by the time you end up leaving this mortal coil, the world would be a better place, so just hurry the fuck up.
3: (laughs) When we do look back at these sketches, they actually do tell an interesting story about how the country has developed and how politics has unfolded over the year. Mm. Um, I'm going to play three Peter Dutton sketches in a row. (laughs) This is me doing Peter Dutton, so you might not have heard these before. But it struck me when I was listening to these is that, Far out. In the space of a year, we've allowed the Department of Home Affairs to basically unleash surveillance in the entire populace, not only from <laughs> the ASD, but from ASIO as well. And I only just kind of, the penny only dropped when I went back to look at all these sketches. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like I've made jokes about this in, uh, in March and then in August and more recently as well. I'm like, wow, far out. Like, the story here is that over the course of this year while the while covid's been going on our civil rights our civil liberties have been eroded yeah. severely
5: as uh, by sleight of hand as well it's it isn't it it's they're doing it without us look at this while we do this yeah. it's a classic playbook <laughs>
11: Hi, I'm Peter Dutton, here to share with you all a little secret. Up until today, the Australian Signals Directorate had only the ability to spy on foreign soil. But today we changed all that. The Australian Signals Directorate can now spy on you too. Uh But we're giving you a clean start, which is why today is... National Delete Your Browser History Day. So, if you're a journalist tracking down some information about an irrelevant war crime, delete your browser history and investigate The Bachelor instead. Or maybe you're an environmental activist who's gotten too much information about a coal mine deal with a minister's brother. Delete your browser history and get close to what's left of nature instead. Or maybe you're a so-called comedian who has a podcast who can't even do an impression of Peter Dutton properly. Delete your browser history and you'll be laughing. (laughs) So to every Australian, especially the enemies of freedom and me, happy National Delete Your Browser History Day because from tomorrow we could be deleting you. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrific.
3: It's an evolution, but I think that was August's Peter Dutton. I think December's Peter Dutton is
11: slightly better. Here we go again. Basically, it's the same story. Ho, 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 Peter Dutton here, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas. And reminding you that just like Santa Claus, I'm keeping a list of who is naughty and nice. Previously, if you were an Australian citizen and you made a joke about a minister, for instance, I don't know, looking like a potato, there was no way ASIO could legally tap your phone or jingle your bell. But as of today, ASIO can be my own personal elf on a shelf, and I can spy on anyone I want, foreign or Australian, or Australian that looks a bit foreign, or worse, the leader of the Greens. So. If you're going to make certain jokes about certain ministers, remember, potatoes have eyes and they can see when you are sleeping and they know when you're awake. Just consider yourself lucky that Santa Claus isn't coming by boat. Ho, 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 ho. Authorised unopposed by Peter Dutton, Canberra. I like that one better. I
3: feel like that. I really nailed the voice in it's December. Really, I think it took, took a while, but it got there.
5: But it's the Orwellian nightmare as well. <laughs>
3: And this Peter Dutton is not necessarily about surveillance, but it's just about, you know, the general, uh, I guess, ineffectualness of Australian Border Force.
11: Hi, I'm Peter Dutton. Many of you have reached out to say that Australian Border Force is responsible for the disembarkment of contagious COVID-19 passengers from the Ruby Princess. Well, two things. One, thanks for reaching out. We now know where you live and we will be in touch sooner or later or when you least expect it. And two, it's not true. Australian Border Force has a proud half-decade history of stopping boat people from destroying Australia. And technically, the Ruby Princess was a ship. Those people were ship people, and that's not our bag. Locking up boat people, Australian Border Force. Locking up ship people, it's legally ambiguous, but I'd suggest probably the fault of a pro-union, pro-labour port authority. Australian Border Force. We stop the boats, not ships. Spoken unauthorised by Peter Dutton. I know where you live, Canberra. <laughs> oh.
3: Say we will about the federal government. They're really good at passing the buck. And that just takes me
5: right back to Tony Abbott.
3: You know, <laughs> uh, stop the boats. Ah, uh, stop the boats. You're like,
5: <laughs> oh God. This seems to be like our own version of the Patriot Act, isn't it? It seems to be this kind of, you know, that Bush rushed through after uh-huh. 9-11 and no one in Congress and the Senate could actually have time to read this act Yeah, no one everyone, had oversight. Everyone yeah. passed it, you know, and, and then they went, oh, hang on a minute, we're giving away, you know, total, <laughs> we're allowing our government to spy on us. And, of course, the old adage of, well, if you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to fear, I'm sorry,
3: look at your history books, folks. I've told this story on other podcasts, so probably it's fitting I should tell it on this one, when I was working for Fusion in America. One of the places we went to was Utah to do, uh, I don't know, we, oh, we, we, we were interviewing Evan Munro, who at the time was running as the another independent candidate against Trump in 2016. He was um, – Pretty good candidate, but just couldn't kind of get the the numbers to kind of to win in any state. Utah was the closest, so we went to one of his stump speeches, and it was a really fascinating chat. But one of the sketches we decided to do while we had time was to go by the NSA offices, and I the, the conceit was I would turn up and I would ask the NSA for Hillary's emails because they would have a record of them. Oh,
5: brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs>
3: So we drove in and our lawyer said, if you see any signs that say you shouldn't be there, turn around. Uh, And I was like, okay, cool. So we drove in and the first sign said, Authorized visitors only. I was like, "Well, that could be us." Yeah. So we drove past that side, and then we we, we we drove past like a state trooper's car on the side of the road, and then there was another sign that said, "No cameras, no recording devices." And I was like, "Okay, I think this is us. We'll turn around." So we we turned around and started coming down. Then a state trooper came and blocked us off, and then uh, a fed cop came and blocked uh. us blocked us in from behind. My cameraman was recording from the. Sea and I was doing the sketch with this with this state trooper I'm like oh yeah I'm just here to get Hillary's emails. Um, can, can we get it on this USB drive <laughs> just, oh just my like God. anyway so that was the stunt and uh, thankfully we got let off I'm pretty sure I'm on file somewhere now the NSA
5: was, did, did the trooper have a sense of humor? No, no no
3: sense of humor Wow no sense of humor and uh, could have ended up in jail that day I, I think uh, but I was I was definitely scared but um, yeah oh, I'm here boy. to tell the tale which is great. Speaking to someone who doesn't have a sense of humour is our friend Vladimir Putin. Uh,
7: Hello, I am American friend uh, Vladimir Putin. These unprecedented times require some precedent. So me, president of Russia, is encouraging Americans to vote president of USA. I know how dangerous election season can be I was only candidate in the Russian election who didn't have horrible accident. So it's important to pick someone who's a strong man, standing for you. That is why I endorse Joe Biden. Not because he's strong, but because Donald Trump will default on loan. And I will finally get Miss Universe pageant at very cheap price. Of course, if you were good American patriot, you may do opposite of what I say. I don't give a fuck. USA is fun to watch burn down. I'm Vladimir Putin, and I approve this message.
3: That was so beautiful! Such a beautiful, understated performance.
5: Understated. Well, here here is quite understated, man.
3: Of two sketches we played recently, the Murdoch sketch and this Vladimir Putin sketch, yes. both performances were the ones you said I like this one best, but it's a bit slow. And I really, I really think that's really interesting like yeah you know sometimes we rush a sketch to kind of get it into a minute so we can play on tiktok or whatever but the ones that you you know take your time with and you know be very gentle understated performance you know it's true and it's just this beautiful kind of particularly that murdoch one it's like you have no you give no fucks in that performance it's like okay i don't give a shit that's true is that is that a choice no um
5: I think what it is is because I do so many commercials and, and, and I've kind of got this inner clock of knowing what a 15 second, a 30 second and a 45 and a 60 is, and you're very limited to time when you do a, a TV commercial. And, you know, if you're 12 frames over or two seconds over or, you know, a little bit under, they want it exactly at that time. So you get to a point where you know that if you make something too slow, it might slow the attention span down of the listener. And if you do it too fast, you can't hear the word. So it's always a happy medium between trying to get it in. And quite often, more often than not, when we do commercials, a lot of ads are overwritten and you just can't get it in time right. without doing the whole ad sounding like terms and conditions apply. You as well. So we have to start cutting words. So the beauty of doing a sketch is that you, you haven't got those time limits. But sometimes you want to... George Lucas used to, when he was directing Star Wars, um, Harrison Ford tells a story that that um, his only direction was just faster and more intense, just <laughs> faster more intense. And there's something to be said for that because when you perform something and you're too slow and having done a lot of stage work as well, you really need to snap through it yeah. just to keep the audience. If you lose your audience, even for just a split second, it's really hard to get them back. So I always err on the side of doing things faster, Mm. but then I'll always give you options of of different take. When we do the sketches, I always got to give you four or five different options anyway. Yeah,
3: I just think, you know, those two performances in particular, the Murdoch one and the Putin one, were just so deliberately slow and like of men who just had who didn't want for anything, yeah. so they were taking their time because they were forcing themselves upon you. I think that was, yeah. it was almost, it's not yours, <laughs> your no, performance you, wasn't you, impressive. You, you feel relaxed doing yeah. it and yeah.
5: then I look at the time and I go, oh, that's 1 minute 32. As you say, that might not get into the Instagram or the TikTok thing, yeah. so I need to speed that up a bit. But, yeah, generally the first take is the, the meaningful one and then I go, oh, I've got to actually shave a few seconds off this. Yeah.
3: yeah. Here's another one. It's a bit of a longer sketch. This is Trump calling in sick uh, when he found out the result of the election. <laughs>
2: White House, good morning. Hey, White House, it's me, President Trump, still president, just calling to say that I'm not coming in today, okay?
5: Uh, Mr. President, uh, certainly, sir. Uh, Are you feeling okay?
2: I'm feeling great. I'm just feeling a little bit under the weather, but I'm not coming in. I'm having a mental health they need some me time. Oh, uh, that's fine, sir. Uh, hope you get better soon. We'll see you tomorrow? No, not gonna come in tomorrow either. I don't have to. You can't make me. I'm the president. I need more me time tomorrow, too. Okay?
5: Yes, sir. Uh, pardon my asking, sir, but, uh... This hasn't got anything to do with, uh, you know, the uh, the other day. What? What the other
2: day? What are you talking about? I played golf. Big deal. Great game. Tremendous game. I had the highest round ever. Well, uh, it was huge. Yes, sir. That and the um the uh, the election. Oh yeah. And that. Well, I won the election. I won it. I then won some golf. No big deal. So much winning. I'm sick of winning. Sick of winning. I need a day off. All right? And I need another day off. Tomorrow off. I need some me time. All right? All right, sir. So
5: you uh, didn't see the Joe Biden speech on TV?
2: Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe's speech on TV. I caught some of it. Horrible. Horrible. Worst concession speech ever. Believe me. Uh, Sir? He didn't even mention that he lost. Can you believe that? What a loser. A sore loser. Nasty loser. He's nasty. Nasty. So you won't accept defeat, sir. Sure I accept his defeat. Of course I do. But, sir, you didn't win. Oh, yes, I did. I alternatively won. By a lot, believe me. He fake won. Uh, sir, people are saying you need to face reality, sir. Now, you listen here. My reality is great. It's the best reality there is, believe me. Everyone else's reality is wrong. That's everybody else's is wrong. All right? All right, uh, okay, sir. So, uh, you're calling in sick for today and tomorrow? And the day after that, too, yes. What, three days? Three days. No, actually, make it three months. A bit under the weather. A bit of me time, all right? More me time than Lincoln. Okay, I gotta go back to bed now. Oh, it's so early. Oh, 11 a.m. Thank you, sir. Thank you.
5: Thank you, sir. What an asshole. I mean, everyone's got a Trump impression. Yours is pretty pretty good. I mean, where are we? We're December the what now? And he's still refusing
2: to go. (laughs) He's still saying, well, electoral college. There's
5: an, I mean, Donald Trump, fuck off. (laughs) Just go, you child. It's just, and he's everywhere. I was asked to do an impression of him the other day and it was for, for something and I just thought, Really, still? I'm looking forward.
3: To, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to never having to write another joke about Donald yeah. Trump. That's what I'm looking forward yeah. to because he's just such a uh, a buffoon himself. And it's his press secretary the other me. day, did you see at the White House, just going,
5: "Oh no, it's still not over yet." And we, you know, we see he's still he still hasn't conceded. And it's like, hang on, Mitch
3: McConnell's even called Biden the president elect now, and John's going, "No, no, no." Yeah, <clears> the, the <throat> leadership. It's it's sad to say, but hopefully there will be leadership in the Republican Party that will just like. Get him out! This <laughs> is uh, what's going to have to happen.
5: Dragging and screaming. Dragging
3: and screaming. Yeah. Coming towards the end of our of our time together, uh, there's just a couple more things to play. Uh, this is another great sketch that I loved, and a, and a strange voice, um, Matthias Corman. Matthias is you know he's Belgian, he's Australian, he's German. German. Yeah. He's got he's got quite a mix of, yeah. of voices in there. Yeah. How do you kind of go about building a Matthias Korman impression?
5: Well, he's he's got a German accent, right? But he his vowel sounds. On one particular vowel, uh, I think it's the a sound. Anything that's a, he says, i. So to die, night. Um, <laughs> n- um, he's got this Australian. Uh, that's sorry, i. He says a is an i, so it says Australian. So, but apart from that, he's got a German accent. Apart from that one vowel, yeah, a. He says i, Australian, and it was. I had to when I got your scri- uh, s- script. I phonetically went in and wrote all oh, of really? the a sounds and changed all the words to i, so that when I was reading it in at one, I would get all those vowel sounds. But it took me the third take to realise he was doing that because I actually recorded about eight takes of this.
3: <laughs> no wonder that one came late in the day.
5: Yes, <laughs> and I was because I, I was I, I listened back and I go no 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 I can do better I can do better and I'd never done him before. Interesting. And so I thought, okay, well this is a good opportunity yeah. to challenge myself.
3: All right, let's have a listen.
8: Zurich, Ankara, Wow madrid brussels wow Perth, Canberra, wow good eye i'm former finance minister matthias korman traveling during the pandemic can be hard which is why i fly with korman airlines on Piper, flying a private jet across the world to prove your green credentials to European politicians to get a tax-free job can cost over $4,000 an hour. But because I'm not an economic girly man, I just got the other, I have to do it. So it's 100% free. That's right, free. I don't even work for the Australian government anymore. Somebody else buys for it. That's finance, baby. Fly Corman Airlines. Every seat is a business seat. And if you're an Australian stuck in Europe trying to escape COVID-19, try a chopper.
3: Beautiful. That one got played on um, uh, Patricia Carvelis' show on, on Radio oh, really? National. There oh, you go. wicked. Yeah. He's also got that thing with his R's. He's got a slight soft R. Twi, twi.
5: So I really, I like to study voices and find their quirks, as we were talking about earlier. And it's just... Once you've got those little, those little quirkisms, the the rest, there was a couple of bits in there I thought sounded a bit Swedish, but you know, never mind.
3: Uh, (laughs) No, it's not too, not too bad. Uh, At the beginning of the year, also Boris Johnson got COVID and uh, I don't know if you, if you caught our podcast around April. Yes, he
6: did, didn't he? Who knew? He was, he was quite sick for quite a while, wasn't
3: he? Boris Johnson was sick for quite a while,
6: yes. I think he still is. A lot of people would agree.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We were actually such, we were so privileged to actually get a, get Boris Johnson on the line to talk to us on Irrational Fear.
6: Prime Minister, first. and foremost, how are you feeling? Well, I tip-top down never felt better. Like
8: Julius Caesar after a mere flesh wound, I shall stride like a colossus, my antipodean compadre. You see, the thing about being close to death is that it makes you feel like, um... Like a... Like a god? Ostensibly, yes, but I was going to say Prince Philip. But fret thee not about me, I beat Brexit and I'll beat coronavirus. I'm already prognosticating a deal on COVID exit. What is COVID exit?
6: It is the necessitous
8: egress that we all supplicate and I will negotiate a hard completion of the novel coronavirus before October 30th.
3: I don't think you can negotiate with a virus, Boris.
8: That sounds like abnegation to me and I refuse to accept it. Just like my test results, you need to be positive. One hundred percent of the time. I tell my nurses here in ICU, keep all bad news away from me. Let it be gone because it will make me feel glum. I only want to hear good news. Then I shake their hands and I wish them well. Prime
6: Minister, I don't think you should be shaking anyone's hand.
8: Ah, poppycock. By shaking their hands, I'm making sure our NHS keeps ahead of the herd. Don't you mean ahead of the curve? No, I mean herd. If I, for instance, acquire immunity before anyone else, I'll be ahead of the herd in terms of absolutus publicus. The people of the United Kingdom are cattle, and I am the chief bull. My father once told a story about a daddy bull and a baby bull standing atop a hill. The baby bull says, Daddy, let's run down there and fuck one of those pretty cows. And the daddy bull says, Ah, no, son, let's walk down and fuck them all. You see, my job... Is to strut around and dominate the paddock, so to speak.
3: <coughs> mm. You mean you're going to fuck everyone?
8: Well, that is a rather crass and boorish way of putting it, but yes.
3: Well, uh, Prime Minister, all the best. I hope you're feeling better soon.
8: <laughs> I feel about as good as Jeremy Corbyn must have felt when he finally handed the hot potato of opposition to Keir Starmer. Uh, who precisely? <laughs> are, you, are you okay, Prime Minister? I'm fine. <coughs> The fumes from painting all these buses. <coughs> I, I like model buses. I like painting them. I see the people in in the windows.
3: Oh, that was beautiful. He, I think is this else, one you, you actually wrote this one, didn't you? I
6: kind
5: wouldn't you be wrote it together? <laughs> I, I think I, I took the thesaurus out <laughs> and the Latin dictionary and thought, <laughs> let's use some really big words to 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 to, to make him sound, of course, because he likes using words uh, in that way because it means. You can't argue with him.
3: <laughs> uh, one more one more from me. Uh, I think uh, earlier this year we have uh, ludicrous people in our parliament, including people like Craig Kelly. I don't even know. Craig Kelly and George Christensen have been publishing right-wing conspiracy theories on their Facebook page. Have you seen these this story? Like, No, I, I haven't seen this. I'm not on Facebook, so I haven't seen the stories. Oh, you're so lucky. Uh,
5: yeah, um, but I thought Facebook was supposed to be
3: banning people from doing uh, but, stuff like that. Yeah, but you can't ban like craig kelly or because oh, they're mp's can't ban them. and but they're like they're, anyway they're, they're caught in QAnon theories and they've and drunk the kool-aid have they they have yeah oh dear. um so i imagined one of our sponsors as um as uh, a brand new kind of uh, web service for those people
1: this episode of irrational fear is brought to you by craig kelly's Craigspace, the all-in-one platform from mp craig kelly that makes it easy to create your own conspiracy theory website with professionally designed templates you'll be able to show the world how to cleanse yourself of coronavirus using nothing but Panadol, a footy sock and Pinoclean. With drag and drop functionality, it's so easy to tell everyone how your 30 minutes worth of research at the National Library has debunked the 108 year old institutional knowledge of the Bureau of Meteorology. Craig Space so easy that even a humble backbencher with no formal training in epidemiology can do it. to get 20 percent off your next conspiracy theory website use the offer code hydroxychloroquine truth that's h-y-d-r-o-x-y-c-h-l-o-r-o-q-u-i-n-e-t-r-u-t-h search for craigspace on 4chan do your own research look it
3: up Great sketch, that one. That was that, brilliant. Who voiced that? Uh, that was my friend Bronwyn Morgan. We did a, a gang show together. It was yes. a scout and guide show we put on at the Parramatta Riverside Theatre. Oh, brilliant. So, yeah, she's she's excellent, yeah. Uh, and that one copped me uh, a DM from Lucy Turnbull saying how good it was. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> just Lucy Turnbull dropping in my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just saying, Hey, Dan. I love Craig's face. Oh. <laughs> oh, thanks, Lucy turple <laughs>
5: Excellent. Didn't didn't Kevin uh, drop you a tweet about about the um oh Kevin Australia announcement sketch The announcement announcements? Yeah, yeah Ke- he loved that as well.
3: Sorry, you know, Rupert, the announcement announcement sketch went off. People loved that. Kevin yeah. Rudd tweeted it yeah. and uh, it incidentally knighted me on Twitter. I don't know what that means. Um, but also with the uh, Russell Crowe one, I forgot yeah. to say that one went crazy online. People Wrong. loved it. People thought it was Russell. Yeah, and then I told people it was you, and people know your work from all your audio oh, books. And they love you and your audiobooks. People people track down. Rupert Degas because they love Rupert Degas's audiobook readings well gosh that's awesome isn't isn't that, it? Isn't that interesting my ego's just inflated well somewhere. you know well, <laughs> I have to tell you I was saving up these stories to tell you because you're you. so amazing <laughs> speaking of internet conspiracy theories here's one from a few weeks ago this is a, about a brand new social network called Parler have you been researching Parler I have been researching it it's a little weird you've got a phone that is from 2001 yes. uh, it has no social media <laughs> capabilities whatsoever.
5: C1 it's uh, <laughs> yes I'm holding I'm holding it right
3: now. You wouldn't actually be able to use Parlour on that. No. But I've I've dipped my toe into Parlour and it is a right-wing cesspit. It's pretty interesting. And it's kind of interesting, like why don't these people just have their own social media yeah. spaces? They can just say their conspiracy theories to themselves. Like a church.
5: <laughs> says the militant atheist in the room. But it's it's um, you know it, Yeah, that's right. If you want somewhere to go and pray to your God, please feel free to worship. Just don't push it onto me. Quite denied. What do you mean I can't say that Joe Biden stole the election by using North Korean fishermen? Sick of having your free speech trampled on? Yeah. Trying to be anti-Semitic but the pro-Semitic semantics have got you down? You said it. Censored by the political correctness Nazis for being too much of an actual Nazi? Exactly. Well, it's time to drop the fact-checking fascists at Facebook and time to cut the truth-telling traps at Twitter. Introducing a place where you can say what you like, when you like, with people you like, with no fear of coming across as wrong or Batch it crazy because they're just like you. It's Parler, the social media network for right wing nutjobs and conspiracy theorists parlor a place where no lives matter and masks will give you COVID 19 <laughs> and donald trump jr is the second coming of f- donald trump
6: the media runs right away uh, it's russian disinformation
5: wow can i say the moon landing was fake sure can the eagle has landed can i say COVID 19 was started by bill gates so we'd all be forced to install microsoft excel in our brains if that's what you believe can i say that f- quit on tuesday did a quit thing and that's why i'm poor as shit in here not on this podcast but you can on parlor if it's wrong awful and likely to start a race riot you can say it on parlor parlor where every day is opposite day and opposite day is not opposite
3: day wow <laughs> i get to recycle a few jokes every now and then <laughs> it is it is fascinating this world we're living in isn't it it is yeah its fascinating. Like. Facts don't matter in this world we're in.
5: I will always, um, I hope I'm one of those people that will always defend your right to say what you like. I, I, I defend your right to be offensive. I defend your right to offend, right? However, when it becomes so divisive that people are now in their bubbles and their echo chambers so much that no one, you're either with me. And I think it has got started by Bush when he said, you're mm. either with the terrorists, you're with us, you're with the terrorists. And it's not that black and white. There's a The world is grey. It's many, many shades of grey. And we've become so divisive in America, here, everywhere. And social media is this kind of, I don't know, it's a cesspit of divisiveness.
3: Well, it's not even social media. It's... It's mainstream media as well. Yeah. Look at what Sky is doing in yeah. Australia on YouTube. And you know, their reach on YouTube far exceeds their reach on television. And their their clips are built to go viral in America to build that engagement and to feed that beast. So So where does one get current affairs and news from if
5: it's all if, if it's ed if it's Supposed to be entertaining and not actually informing. Uh, comedy podcasts, of exactly. course, that's where, that's where people need to come. <laughs> I mean, didn't didn't we all get our growing up in the UK in the eighties? I I figured out what was going on in the world by watching Spitting Image. You know, it oh. was, and then in later in the nineties, it was from Jon Stewart and the Daily Show. You got more cogent news mm. from satirists than you actually did from mainstream news channels.
3: No wonder I'm so tired. <laughs> well, I think Rupert. You are an incredible talent and we're so lucky to have you. And thank you so much for, uh, on a Thursday, taking a text, at a panicked text on off at 2 o'clock in the afternoon going, can you bang out two sketches before 4 o'clock? Uh, yeah, uh, I said thank you. <laughs> it, it's really amazing to have you. And uh, we met, I think, on a job. We did. Uh, and you gave me your card and you said, yeah. oh, if you ever want someone to do, <laughs> do uh, comedy sketches, yeah. I'm like, oh, really? Interesting. Well, I will take you up on that offer.
5: Because <laughs> I can't remember the, what product we were advertising because remember. it was irrelevant all I knew was is hey I might get to play with Dan Illich one day and do some fun stuff you know so it's, it's the pleasure is all mine Dan. well
3: no it's absolutely a thrill and you know because of you and I think you know, the hard work of many other people who participate in the show you know we won the best comedy podcast yes. award this year which yes. is incredible so awesome. I think you know largely that's you know well, a lot to do with you
5: a little bit, but thank you so much. You, you, you hold this thing together. I don't know where you get the time and the energy, Dan. You're amazing. Uh,
3: Patreon, mostly. So, uh, yeah, if you want to support the show, go to Patreon, tip your chip in, and then we can continue making this next year. Uh, I think in terms of winners and losers for the year, I think the biggest loser was uh, COVID. The biggest winner was definitely Bunnings. I think Bunnings, in terms of brand awareness uh, and, and a focal point for the community, it was the number one place people went to before in the middle of and after the pandemic and it's also the place where uh, lunatics managed to go and make their last stand. Uh, why do you think Bunnings attracts these people?
5: Well, I mean, Everybody likes a bit of DIY. Everybody likes a sausage sizzle, right? And uh, everybody likes to stand in queues. (laughs) And everybody
3: likes to shout constitutional law at a Bunnings employee. A Bunnings employee. Anyone with an apron.
5: Yes, so it's it's part of (laughs) Australiana, isn't it, really?
3: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Irrational Fear for the entire year. It's been great to have you this year. This is the first year where we went weekly and it was a a long slog, but we, we got there. And, in fact, the pandemic made the show better because we got to all of a sudden recording online and booking people from all around the world Um, and it made us think differently about how we make the show. So if you've enjoyed the show, please chip into our Patreon and please, even more than that, please tell your friends about uh, this show and how much you enjoy it and, and wish you a Merry Christmas and hope you have a good one. Merry Christmas from me too.
1: What I like about Bunnings is they cater to everyone. Since the last time I was here, they've really changed their tune.
3: Iconic aluminium hats, $10. 10
6: kilograms of scarcely edible long-life rations, $90. 500 milligrams of 5G blocking cream, $23.90. Personal weather station that never registers temperatures over 26 degrees, $80. One hour consultation with our in-house QC on constitutional law, $350. If you happen to find a sovereign citizen who will sell it cheaper, we'll beat it by 10%. At Bunnings, the lowest prices are just the beginning of the new world order.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,